Welcome to the College Recruiting Podcast, where each week our team of expert college recruiting advisors tackle the most critical college recruiting questions, with guests including college coaches, pro scouts, and industry insiders. We will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in the college recruiting process. Okay, let's go ahead and start the show. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the realities of college recruiting. My name is Ryan Thompson, and today I'm going to be coming at you with episode five. Uh, today's episode, we're going to focus on the specialization uh, and controllable factors with, you know, high school athletes uh, and how they, you know, basically refract or combo themselves with uh, college recruiting. Uh, first off, I wanted to say that, you know, I understand that there are a lot of situations out there that may be unique. Uh, you can't really blanket statement this stuff and expect everyone to be in the same boat. Uh, so understand that, you know, some of you listening out there may think, well, my situation's a little bit different than that, Ryan. And, and I totally understand that. I also wanted to preface this by saying, you know, I've been a head coach at the high school level. I've also been a head coach at the college level. Um, and I currently work with a, a fairly large travel organization. So I understand that there are going to be differences of opinions uh, coming from different uh, entities, uh, travel side or club side versus, you know, the high school side of things. So I'm not being naive to that. I'm just saying that there is some uh, topic for uh, debate and at least conversation that should happen in some of those situations that may be, you know, really unique or, you know, tough to, you know, tough to navigate through. Um, going back into the specialization side of things, and we'll touch on this early, is uh, I think the specialization from an athletic standpoint, from a specific sport standpoint, uh, happens in the process way too soon. Uh, finding seventh and eighth graders that are only playing one sport. Uh, I deal with baseball a lot, being a former major league scout, and I've seen baseball taking uh, 11 months out of the year for you know sixth graders and seventh graders. Not only is that way too much, uh, it's pretty dangerous when you start to think about repetition, repetitive motions, uh, injuries with kids whose you know growth plates are still wide open. And a kid is going to do what he wants to do, and I often think that the responsibility should fall on mom and dad or the guardian side of things of saying, I know you love playing this, but we shouldn't do this all year, and, and there are some reasons why. I think when you talk to college coaches out there from the recruiting standpoint, even when you talk to someone at the professional level, they're going to tell you that in the recent years there's probably been a drop in true athleticism. But we can't deny the fact that I think kids today are bigger, faster, and stronger than maybe myself 20, 25 years ago when I was going through this process. But I think the athleticism is something that really is starting to take its uh, it's, it's, it's on a downslope, and I think one of the reasons why is because of specialization in sports. Kids are not playing multiple sports uh, and getting a taste for being an athlete. Uh, I find a lot of baseball players out there, when I'm looking at it, may have very good skills and good technique from a younger age, but the athleticism is definitely not something that's shining through with them. And that's an okay thing at certain levels, but I do think uh, that it needs to be encouraged, especially at the youth ages. Uh, no kid needs to be playing every single event, uh, every single weekend through the winter, uh, you know, through the, the dog days of summer, especially when it comes to some of those sports that you see some high injury rates, you know, soccer, uh, baseball, 
uh, softball, some volleyball out there, you're going to see a lot of knees and elbows in those sports from a repetition standpoint, really wearing down on these kids. I know the American uh, Medical Sports Institute came out with an article and a study you know, a couple years ago and where Dr. James Andrews, who's probably the most you know, well-known and successful surgist uh, or orthopedic guy out there, uh, has said, you know, kids need 90 days off from prolonged activity uh, and continuous activity. Uh, there's a lot of truth in that. I don't think a lot of parents realize that, but even at the younger ages, if it's just a basketball-baseball combo or a soccer and softball combo, a volleyball and basketball combo, sports that are similar, like the volleyball and basketball, still allows the muscles and the bodies to do different things to where they're not being you know, just throwing, just throwing, just throwing, just throwing and swinging. Uh, and it's going to help balance the body out a lot. Not only does it help balance the body out in terms of athleticism, but in terms of strength. Uh, it's, you know, nothing's weighed on one side. You're going to find, you know, softball pitchers and baseball pitchers, uh, development <clears throat> differences on the side that they throw compared to the other side. Uh, and you're going to see that way too much. And so I, I would caution parents to say, at 7 and 8, maybe 9 and 10 years old, there's no reason they shouldn't play multiple sports. Um, at ages 11, 12, and 13, and 14, you know, before getting into high school and maybe that freshman year, they should be trying some other sports. And the reasons are, you know, tenfold. You know, one, athleticism. Two, safety from an injury factor. Three, competition. It teaches you from a competitive standpoint a lot of different aspects. I know I became a from a personal standpoint, I became a whole lot tougher baseball and basketball player because of playing football. And that's just because of the, the sport's nature, you know, from a contact standpoint. Uh, not only that, but I was also humbled uh, extremely uh, early in the football process because I didn't really understand the game of football as much as I did baseball and basketball because those are the two sports I grew up with. So I think it teaches you from an athletic standpoint, one, that there's there, there are other sports out there. Two, it teaches you you know, team stuff, you know, you may not be the best player when you play the secondary sport. Uh, and three, it also allows you to enjoy something um, even more when you come back to it. I know when I got back to baseball season, because that was my main sport, uh, or at least the sport that I thought I would play the longest, uh, when I came back in, you know, late February and early March and we got done with playoffs in high school, I was really excited to get back into baseball. Uh, and the time away from it really made me appreciate how much I liked baseball practice. And it was nothing against basketball or football. It was just, that's what I look forward to. And there's something to be said about that. And I think that's really been uh, vacated of recent years. Uh, I also think when we talk about the specialization of sports, you begin to take a little bit, and I don't want to say innocence, but you begin to take a little bit away from, you know, why kids play the game. Uh, whether it's a volleyball or softball or lacrosse, uh, we want to make sure that they know why they're playing that game because it's fun. Um, and when you start to get into that, doing the same thing every day, same thing every day, uh, you know, think about a grown-up standpoint of going to work every day and having the same job for 22 to 25 years. That's, that's, there's a monotony to it, and it takes... You know, take some changes in your daily routine to to really mix that up, and I think it's there's a there's a correlation with that with younger kids and and just playing one sport, uh, and they become to learn that there's there's less out there when there is more out there, um, and that's something that I really think uh, parents are responsible for. Um, now I mentioned earlier that there is some pressure from the club teams and from the high school teams, and some coaches are going to say certain 
uh, beliefs of theirs saying, hey, you need to concentrate on one sport and you can't do all these. And, you know, if you're not playing with me the whole time, then how am I going to get you better? And you're going to fall behind these other kids that are. I get it. I don't agree with it. I think it's someone taking advantage of, you know, not just the system, but in terms of a a large part of of the game. Uh, I know from a college standpoint, they want athletes. Athletes have a really good lead on non-athletes in terms of aptitude, in terms of learning technique, uh, adapting, and everyone's going to teach differently. You know, whether it's the University of Pittsburgh where a friend of mine coaches women's volleyball compared to UCLA, there's going to be subtleties between the differences in how they get taught. Uh, and the better athlete's going to be able to adapt a little bit better uh, and faster for that matter. Uh, getting back into, you know, the, the standpoint of <clears throat> the pressure, I don't think anyone, especially at the younger ages, at the, you know, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade ages, they don't need to be told, and I don't think it's right to be told, hey, you're going to fall behind. It's not that important, Mom and Dad. It's just not that important to go back to Cooperstown where any team can play if they have the money to get into the tournament and play there. Uh, You know, that's a great opportunity and it's a great event, and maybe you do that, but play baseball and play softball from a seasonal standpoint. Let them enjoy time away from the sport. Uh, There's a lot of training they can do. If you guys are really serious when they're that age, there's a lot of training they can do. that's not sports specific, but that's going to help them out. And I think one of the major components of that is teaching a kid how to handle adversity or learning how to compete. Often the competition standpoint uh, gets vacated because there's repetition out there and it becomes a little bit dull. Uh, I talk to coaches all over the place and they don't want their kids playing 11 to 12 months out of the year. It's the fact that they're comboing up with another program, whether it's high school and travel together, and they understand that there's a there's a need to play, but they would rather have their kids, when it's all said and done, learn how to compete. And learning how to compete in basketball was completely different from learning how to compete in baseball for myself. And it's going to be true of a, of a you know a young lady who's in ninth grade who's trying water polo for the first time, and then coming out and trying softball. Um, you know, is it going to help her as a softball player to play water polo? Probably. Bigger, faster, and stronger. You know, elongating muscles, low impact strength gain, um, endurance. And there's going to be an aspect of toughness in that because water polo is a pretty tough sport. So. There are things to really take a step back and and talk about it at the house and say, you know, do we need just to play baseball for 11 months out of the year? Well, the answer is no. Um, Should we play baseball 11 months out of the year? Well, doctors have already said the answer is no. Uh, So with the recruiting standpoint and getting ready for the next level, it's not going to matter to a college coach at a major Division I university, much less a Division III university, if your daughter has played softball 11 months out of the year or if your son played 11 months out of the year when he's 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. The only thing that's going to happen is that kid's got a better chance to break down uh, physically than the kid that played a bunch of other sports. We always talk about fresh arms uh, and you know fresh bodies. Hey, he's just started pitching last year. That brings a smile to not only you know Major League Scouts, you know, minds but it brings it to a college coach because they realize that template is still wide open Um, and there may be a little bit less stress on that arm Uh, the same can be said from a pitching standpoint in softball the same can be said you know from a volleyball standpoint with the legs in the lower half Um, because there is truth kids are growing growth plates are open and when growth plates are open they're very susceptible of, of, of injuring certain things um, and bodies becoming unbalanced. I know, countless times I, have I talked to families that I have where the kid goes to a physical therapist and 
the physical therapist says, man, that body's way out of balance. So you have an elevated hip on one end. And I don't want to, you know, perpetrate like I'm a doctor, but if I'm hearing that enough, you know, into a small sample size, I can only imagine what it's like out there. Um, so playing multiple sports is going to help you not only physically, but it's going to help you mentally in terms of learning how to compete. It also balances the kid out. And I think when we talk about stress of recruiting and the worry of the next level, the stress that gets put on at a younger age, uh, especially in certain sports from recruiting because it's, been, it's going earlier and earlier and earlier, knowing that you want balance, you want joy in that kid's mindset uh, and daily approach to why they're playing. Uh, you know, if they came back their sophomore year and said, you know what, I don't want to play football anymore, that's fine. I think the fact that they tried it, that they're not worried about just one sport at that age is perfect. Will there come a time where a kid needs to work on just one sport? Probably. Now, I, I mean, the days of playing three sports like I did for all four years of high school, I think of, I don't say they're gone, gone, but a lot of it's gone. I get it. Uh, there's a higher demand on uh, high school sports in terms of the, the time spent. They've become much more similar to colleges, actually, when you think about it, with the, with the effort, the time, the training, uh, the outside competition. So, you know, knowing that, I, I get it. But the earlier, the worse off it is. And I, I can't harp on that enough. Um, the other part about specialization that I think really starts to build is um, the comparison level. Uh, you know, hey, we've been playing baseball our whole life. You know, college coach comes and, you know, looks at you and goes, well, we used to, you know, he was the best 12-year-old and best 13-year-old out there. And that doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, she played on the Team USA under 14 team. You know, it doesn't matter in respect to where these kids are from a potential standpoint because coaches from the college recruiting standpoint are going to, they're going to recruit on potential, not just current product, but they're going to recruit kids on potential. Uh, younger age, uh, longer, leaner, more athletic kids are going to come to their eye, you know, and they're going to have a better opportunity of saying, hey, this kid's got a chance to evolve into this um, than a kid that's maybe more polished. Uh, and so that's something to really take a step back and go, okay, um, you know, do we fall into that category? Are, are we a potential laden family or have we just worked on this one sport the whole time? Uh, and I think there is, there is something to be said about that. Um, I think that parents are, you know, not only are they responsible for the kids' actions because, you know, that's the governing side of things, but they need to be able to tell the kid no. Um, I hear it a, a lot. Well, they've just always played the sport and they love it. I get that. Um, <laughs> I hate to draw the comparison, but if you put food in front of a German Shepherd, German Shepherd's going to eat that food until he basically kills himself. Um, and a young kid, and often, you know, high schoolers and college kids, if they're allowed to do one thing that they like a lot, they're going to do it. So sometimes that needs to be taken away. It happens at the pro level. You know, we had to take, you know, batting tees and tell kids not to swing the bat, you know, even at the major league level because of, they just need to get away from the game and clear themselves. So imagine what a 10 and 11 and 12 year old is. They don't have the brain capacity to really tell themselves, hey, I need to take a step back from the game. That's mom and dad's responsibility. And too often or not, they're not educated enough or they're worried about the other outside social pressures that they don't make that decision. Uh, you know, going back to where the specialization has you know, come and gone, it used to be just a couple sports. Now you're finding it more and more. Um, if you do feel pressure from that club coach or from that high school coach, I would encourage you to, to e 
A, have some dialogue, and B, really be frank with your son or daughter about, you know, what the desires are and what their wants are. And that'll allow you to at least have an idea why you're doing it. Uh, some of you may say, we don't have a choice. The way our high school program works, you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do that. Or we can't get on this elite club team and the elite club team's the way to get recruited. I don't disagree with any one of those two. I just think it's highly, uh, I, I think it's very unfair for someone to put a pressure on a kid that way. Um, and sooner or later, you need to be able to put your foot down, especially from a parent standpoint. And good coaches, uh, coaches that understand and actually want the best for your son or daughter, they're going to understand what it means to be balanced. Uh, they may not like it right at the start, but if they don't respect the decision to take your child and take a step back, then maybe that's not the organization you want to be a part of. Um, I know I deal with it on a, on a, I wouldn't say a daily basis, but we, we see it happen. You know, kids don't need to play every weekend for 12 weeks during the summer baseball. It's too much. They don't understand it, but it's our job as, you know, a club coach or an organization that looks out for our kids to say, hey, you need a break. You know, you need to not throw for two weeks. Uh, you need to shut down for a month or, you know, 90 days or whatever the time is because you have this coming up. Uh, you need to put yourself in those environments to where they're actually concerned uh, and wanting the best for your son or daughter. Are those always, you know, apparent right from the outside looking in? No. Uh, most often people are going to go with the popularity. People are going to go with the ones that have big time schools coming to see them play. And the reality is, guys, most of our athletes aren't ready for that level, but we're going to think they are. Um, you know, the Harvard there's a Harvard study of their own athletes about four or five years ago, and 90% of Harvard athletes were multiple sport athletes in high school. Um, there, there's got to be something to it, right? You know, Urban Meyer's national championship with the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, last year, you know, when we think about it, he said something like 58 of his kids were, were dual sport athletes, minimum dual sport athletes in high school. So, you know, are there certain sports you can, you know, play combination yeah football and baseball or football and track yeah it's easier than playing basketball and football I get that but I would encourage it especially at the younger ages to play as much and as different a sports as possible uh, it's going to help out on many fronts uh, might even help yourself out as a mom and dad because you get to enjoy a different set of friends a different group of parents a different respect for that organization or that sport um, and I really think you ought to give it a whirl rather than just saying, no, he only likes the sport. Oh, he didn't like soccer or it was this, or he didn't like baseball. It was too boring. You know, we got to tell him, hey, we got to try to do this. You know, I didn't like math because it was boring to me, but you know what? It was kind of a prerequisite for a lot of things I did in school. Not that, you know, playing soccer, basketball, baseball are prerequisites for a kid that's an athlete, but there are some things out there that you should really, you know, think about doing. Soccer's great for the foot-eye coordination. You know, it's the first thing to gum, come, you know, in terms of understanding body awareness. Every kid should try to get out there and play soccer, or, you know, some type of tumbling or gymnastics. You know, we don't always have that opportunity, um, but that's something to really take a, take a look at. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed today. Um, feel free to, you know, send in your questions to Ryan at sportsforceonline.com. And I'll do my best to address them in the next episode. Uh, we have a couple coming up uh, in the future episodes where we'll address some of the questions that we've gotten on the previous ones. I look forward to talking to you guys soon and have a great week. Take care. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Realities of College Recruiting podcast on iTunes. 
And check us out at our blog at sportsforceonline.com forward slash blogs for more educational articles and every past episode. Join our community on Facebook and Twitter where you can ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests and topics. Be sure to join us next week on the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year decision, it's a 40-year decision.